Don't ruin the podcast, Aaron. I'm going to try. Don't not ruin to. it. I'm going to try not to. I mean, any more than you would. Don't let techno- technological issues stand in the way of you ruining the podcast, Aaron. <laughs> well, no, not like I did last week. I forgot to make a note uh, that we that I that you dropped out at one point. Oh, and. <laughs> And so, you know, I stopped and I said, Paul, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And there's like a moment. And then, hey, yeah, when did you lose me? And so we, we carry on from there. It's just like 20 seconds of me like, Paul, you know, I didn't catch that in the edit. <laughs> Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly. Their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And welcome back to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly as we uh, continue our 23-week journey through Star Trek. And Paul, I can't believe this news came out right after we recorded last time. Uh, But there are... I'm dumbfounded to say this, that there Uh are three, count them, three distinct, unique Star Trek films... That are waiting to be greenlit for production. Oh. You know, there okay. is the the Kelvin universe, you know, that J.J. Abrams brought to us. And this one would actually be helmed by Simon Pegg. You know, so yeah. we're familiar with uh, with that one, right? You know, we that, 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 that cast is still saying, yeah, we'll do it. You know, I don't know if you recall or not, but, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Pine... Uh, declined the uh, salary that was offered to him, which is what uh, dutched the whole thing the last time around. But mm-hmm. they're all saying, you know, if we can come to an agreement, we'd all like to do this. Okay. So there's the Kelvin universe, right? And then there's yep. the Quentin Trek, right? Quentin Tarantino. Wants yeah, to- the one that's supposedly based on that uh, a piece of time the travel episode. Yeah, yeah piece well, of the action. Not a time travel episode. It's oh, an, it's an episode in which the Enterprise visits a planet that somebody else from the Federation had visited decades before and uh-huh. uh, had 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 accidentally left some stuff behind around uh, 30s gangster era kinds of stuff. And so it, it, the society developed around gangsters. And uh, it's it's uh, it's called a piece of the action has tell us that, that would be Quentin esque. Yeah. And it's, I wanted to say Telly Savalas, but that's not correct. I think it was Vic Morrow who was in it. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy who was in uh, Mel, he was Mel in Al, in uh, Alice back. Oh yeah, then. yeah, yeah. I know you're talking. And about. I, I don't think that's Vic Morrow either. It's Vic Tayback. I think that's his name, Vic Tayback. Sorry, <laughs> it's one of. Leave us a comment. Let us know. <laughs> Telly Savalas, what, what I, I'm drunk. What is wrong with you? It's Thursday Jesus. night. I'm drunk. <laughs> and here you you ruined the show already. As right, again. Again. Right on cue. You're right. It is Vic Tabak, <laughs> by the way. Uh, thank you. It took me a while to get there, but okay. And then the <laughs> third Star Trek film, currently lingering in uh, in in you know waiting for green light, is Noah Hawley's film, 
which apparently, rumor has it, that it got put on the back burner because its central plot was about a uh, virus running rampant. And uh, uh-huh. the folks at, at uh, you know Viacom said, yeah, I don't think people want to see that right now. So uh, three, three films. Three films with scripts, but no, produ- no production well, in and, process. Yeah, and I mean, all of them seem kind of likely. In fact, the one I think is probably the least likely is the Kelvin universe. Yeah. To be perfectly Even honest. Even though it wasn't supposedly the, uh, the Quentin one involving the Kelvinverse crew? No. No, I mean, he yeah. said he'd be happy to shoot it with them, but... Uh, uh, and I think it would make sense for them because the piece of the action could be like, you know, one of their episodes, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, apparently not. Apparently they're going to do something, a whole new spiel with uh, uh-huh. with them. And I think still original series Trek and, I, you know, emulating original series Trek. So it could be a whole new Picard, a whole, a whole new Picard, whole new Kirk, whole new Spock. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just, I find it amusing. I find it amusing. Well, you know, since we don't have new Trek, should you want to revisit previous Treks? And should you be one of the only people listening to this podcast that doesn't already own them on physical media? They are, in fact, re, re, re releasing <laughs> the Star Trek 10 movie Stardate Collection, which collects all the original um, crew and the Next Generation crew movies. Um, it's it's a pretty affordable price, uh, fifty three ninety nine on Amazon dot com. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, but the reason I now it has less bonus features than previous editions. Previous editions had uh, twelve discs, or the previous Stardate collection had twelve discs. This one only has ten. Why is that? Uh, so apparently, this the Summit and Evolutions bonus discs from the previous releases could possibly be left out. Mm. Um, so this is a little bit more of a bare bones edition. It does have obviously bonus features and stuff. However, the main differentiation between this and prior releases is that this includes digital codes. Oh, and that I I was like, no, I don't need another edition. I don't need another edition. Then I was like, oh, but $50 for all 10 movies is actually probably a decent price but they're all are those all on any type of streaming service they're not all, all the movies are not on cbs all access not yet but they will be but yeah. not, not yet so You're right man that, that is that is galling because i own the previous edition with all of those uh yeah same here bonus features huh yeah damn, that's, damn. A, that's, a, that's a tough one you know i know i shouldn't but i blame you for this paul <laughs> for bringing it up you would have found <laughs> out about it anyway <laughs> I mean, I can't, you know, we've had this conversation, I know, but I mean, I can't tell you how many times I bought those movies, so. VHS, DVD, Yeah, VHS, DVD, the the DVD original editions and the director's cuts Uh when they released all those. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and, you know, the the director's cut of the motion picture is wonderful. I mean, I know people don't like the story, that they're bored by the film, but the director's cut is gorgeous. I've heard that the director's cut of the original movies are actually pretty uniformly decent, better yeah. than the theatrical versions. I, I I love the the director's cut of motion picture. I, the, the all the extra work they do around the V'ger planet is uh, is, is amazing. I just, I, I love that film. Hmm. Even even well, though you know, it is a little too cerebral, I really enjoy that film. So there you go. Well, you know. So I, I un- a, a couple of thoughts occurred to me today. Aaron. Oh dear. Oh, dear. 
so you know today we're recording this on thursday august something or other 13 <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh you know, uh, this is the release day of Lower Decks Episode 2, uh, which the title of is... Envoy. 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 Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I loaded up my CBS All Access, two things occurred to me. One, One you're paying for CBS All Access? <laughs> well, that, that's actually a good... That, that, that is actually one of them. One is that I survived... Two seasons of Discovery and a season of Picard without upgrading <laughs> my CBS All Access. But Lower but Decks for broke you? For some reason, freaking Lower Decks hit, finally got a hold of my impatience button, and I pay the extra money now for the the um, you know ad-free version of CBS All Access. I think the second episode of the first season of Discovery did that to me. I mean, because I was having the exact problem that you were that you were describing that you couldn't get it to advance after the commercial break. And I'm like, that's it. I can't yeah. have some, I, anything I stand it. between me and Star Trek. <laughs> I made it three seasons of Star Trek, but Lower Decks broke me uh-huh. of all shows. Um, so that was one thing that occurred to me too. Is that when I loaded up my CBS All Access today, they have changed the interface. I don't know if that happened before the first episode, but I just noticed it on this episode. Um, that they now have little a banner at the top that says CBS, uh, Nickelodeon, BET. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's a there's a, there's another one or two stations. MTV is on there, um, so they have now categorized the stations that roll up under CBS All Access. And the frustrating aspect of that is that Paramount Network is not one of them. Because uh, uh, I would be binge watching Bar Rescue instead of podcasting right now if that was the case. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe eventually. But yeah, I noticed that they 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 changed the interface. At least I don't know when it happened, but I just noticed it today. I didn't notice any. I watched it on the on my iPad today at lunch, uh, uh, so I didn't notice any change there. But I'll have to check it out on the TV. Uh, <laughs> is is Yellowstone on the Paramount Network? It is, it? but unfortunately, it is a universal show. Ah, okay. So, so it's it is peacock under, it's on Peacock. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. I was like, why isn't it on Viacom? Okay. Right. I'm 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 sorry. That's okay. That'd be great if I, it were. It's just stacking up on my DVR right now till the series till the season ends. So you're just going to zip through commercials? Is that what you're going to do? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Even though I, I will tell you, if I watch, I know this is until Yellowstone show. Um, <laughs> it's Yellowstone with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> it's Yellow Track with Aaron and Polly. Yellowstone. <laughs> um, I will tell you if I start watch if I watch the first episode of Yellowstone and I find that it feels somehow edited because I've only ever seen it through Amazon Prime, uh-huh. right? So I've purchased the seasons. So I will tell you if I start watching it on television and I it feels somehow neutered to me, like if I don't hear f bombs. On the you show, know you're not. You know you're then not. I will be frustrated, and I will say screw it, and I will purchase the season. <laughs> that is my, that is my entire plan. Is I've just been waiting for it to be over so I can just buy the season. Because <laughs> uh, you know, they, I, they, they, can, they can say f words on on Paramount Network as long as they put in TVMA on it. I tried watching the first episode of of the current season, season three. Uh-huh. Is that right? And yes. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it with the commercial breaks. Yeah. Even zipping through it just because uh, without the commercials, it feels so cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just couldn't do it. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to I'm going to buy it when the season's over. I say this now, but I will probably end up doing the same because at least the 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 bonus thing about today's media entertainment 
is that you don't have to wait until, you know, usually right. when a season ended in May, you had to wait until the new season was coming up in September to purchase that season on DVD. Nowadays, yeah. that shit's going to be available next day on Amazon Prime. Well, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to buy it episode by episode, you could. You know, I could. That episode by episode, they're out there right now. I just would rather be able to binge them. Agreed. That's Plus, my, that, sometimes that's my you get a little bit of a discount if you buy the whole season. A little bit, yeah. So, so um, yeah. you know, so Yellowstone with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> so, Paul. <laughs> yes, sir. Did you want to talk about Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 2, Envoys? Not really. Okay, well. So, uh, All right, so we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> makes this podcast a little awkward now. Uh, I'm all I'm all boned up looking to talk about Star Trek and, you know. Paul didn't want to talk boned about up. Star Trek. Boned up watching Envoy? <laughs> All right, talk to me. Talk, tell me. Tell me what got you boned up about Star Trek Lower Decks, Episode 2, Envoy. So, um, in this episode, Ensign Boimler is excited to find that he has been appointed the pilot as an envoy to uh, uh, the, the visiting Klingon diplomat whose name suddenly escapes me. Um, it's one of those Klingon names that has an apostrophe in it. And... <laughs> That's right, which they uh, comment on in the show. Um, but yeah, the the uh, Boimler is you know, is is doing his thing. You know, he is the by the book ensign on the show. He is always going to read the mission brief. He's always going to follow regulations, and so he is all prepped. He's even wearing his you know dress uniform. Uh, when he's ready to go meet, uh, you know, Mr. Klingon and, uh, you know, uh, God, what is wrong with me? Um, are you forgetting the Klingon's name? I, I, I still can't yes. remember her name, his name, but I was a Mariner in yes, Mariner, right. you know, who had mocked him for, you know, being so excited about this, this, uh, this trip, uh, you know, is is there in the shuttle waiting for him because she is going to co-pilot with him, and you know he's rather put out by this. And then even more surprises is that she knows Mister Klingon. Uh, they apparently did some uh, some uh, off book work for, uh, for for the Federation and the Klingon Alliance back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you know, Boimler even asks, "Back in the day, you're as old as I am." How- how, can, how long ago could this have been? <laughs> that was pretty funny. I yeah. like that, you know, they, they, they call themselves on their own, like, lack of logic, right? She's like, oh, right. back in the day. He's like, you're my age. Right. How, back in the day, you'd have been 12. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what? It's, it's a random side note. Tawny Newsom, who played in Sensor Mariner, is in that Space Force show. Uh, on oh, Netflix. is she? That, that's pretty terrible. I have, not, I have not watched that. I saw enough of it to know it's terrible. Um, well, you know, Jack Quaid plays Ensign Boimler. Is he any relation to Dennis Quaid? He is the son of actor Dennis Quaid and actress Meg Ryan. And really? He, yes. He is also is the so- lead role in the Amazon Prime show The Boys. He huh. plays Huey. Huh, I've only watched a couple of episodes of that. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I was watching, I, I think I talked about it on the Funny Book Show. I was watching a uh, an old 90s era movie with Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. And uh, so, you know, that's where they met. That's where Jack Quaid uh, was born. Got right? made. Got made. Jack Quaid got made. <laughs> I was watching a Dennis Quaid movie last night myself, actually. Wow. Dennis um, Quaid is ubiquitous, right? I mean, it's six degrees of Dennis Quaid on this show. Um, right. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, you know, because he played oh, yeah. Flint in that movie. Um, anyway, no, wait, he played 
Flint, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, she, her friend, the Klingon, they did some off the off the books work together. Shenanigans is what we're going Yeah. 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 So, you know, they're, the the idea is that they're going to escort him, you know, down to the Federation office on this planet, and apparently the the planet has is it's dicey there. There's a there's a Klingon community there. There's an alien community there. They've got an entire planetary shield. You have to have a special code to 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 get on the other side of the shield, either coming or going. I mean, it's a whole thing. And uh, Klingon guy, as Klingons do, gets you know blistering drunk and mm-hmm. uh, winds up hijacking the shuttlecraft, leaving uh, you know Mariner and Boimler off on their own. And so the ep- their part of the episode, the A story, if you will, becomes them trying to track him down um, and, you know, thus hijinks ensuing, including a terrific bar fight in which in which uh, uh, Mariner calls out as she's about to, I think, double hand strike somebody and goes, Kirk Fist, <laughs> you know, because she's she's practicing some of that Kirk Foo. Mm-hmm, the Kirk uh, Foo. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, it was great. It was great. So, Paul. Yes, sir. What did you think of the Boimler Mariner storyline? Um, I found it a. I, I it started off very cute. Um, mm-hmm. Corinne is the uh, general Corinne. Um, oh, that's right. Thank you. And uh, I found it cute at first. After a while, I was like, eh, this, I know where this is going, right? I found it a bit predictable. Um, you know, and it, it's funny to me because it, the same commentary I had about last week, and we're going to talk about the B story here in a minute, um, which is funny because, like, after two episodes, we have the same formula. We have an A story and a B story with the same characters. Which, is generally, what happens, which yeah. is generally what happens on a traditional episode of yeah. Star Trek. So I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. But, um, you know, they definitely have a formula after two episodes. But... You know, one of my complaints about the episode one, at least when I started watching it, was, "Oh, this feels a little too safe to me." This episode felt a little too safe to me. Um, you know, like it, it feels like the first episode they did find a way to go outlandish enough to justify the existence of a an animated Star Trek show. But this show, honestly, this episode was much more subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, at, you know, at least in my opinion, um, it was cute. the The A story was cute. How about you? What do you think? I, I would say that yeah, I agree. I think the A story is predictable. You know, after it's revealed that Mariner knows uh, Corinne, right? Yeah. Because uh, that was the last surprise, really, in that story. Uh, and you had some, uh, you know, a few amusing jokes, you know, along the way. But it wasn't what made me really like this show. Uh, this episode, I feel like the, the meat of it is in the beeline. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really... and. <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed the B story and the B story involves Ensign Rutherford, the cyborg with Vulcan parts, right? Mm-hmm. And Ensign Tendi, the uh, green Orion girl. And apparently the two of them are seeing each other on the regular or about to start seeing each other. On yeah. The I mean, they're, she, you know, they, they refer to each other as friends, but they, they're, they're hanging out. They're not doing yeah. it. They're not doing it that we know of. Yeah. But I mean, he clearly really digs her. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, you know, he, he is spending his day as an engineer, you know, uh, climbing around the the uh, Jeffrey's tubes and whatnot th- throughout the ship. And I mean, you know, comes out saying, man, I was down there for a week, you know, uh, and, you know, getting things in alignment, yada, yada. And 
you know, she's like, ah, I'd really like to look at this, you know, stellar phenomenon later today. I hope you can do that. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to be doing X in engineering, but I guess I could transfer out of engineering. And, you know, it's clearly he doesn't want to do that, but he does it because he likes her so much. And I, there, there were this, a moment happens in engineering when, you know, the chief engineer is just telling him how cool he is and how, how he's his favorite on, on the ship and that everyone else is going to have to step up their game, that, you know, he is, you know, an A, a, an a, an a player. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about uh, I'm going to, you know, explore my options and other departments. And there's this moment, and you think it's going to go very traditional, uh, you know, and it builds up this, this you know, pressure that, you know, he's about to get yelled at. And he's it, the, the chief engineer winds up, and the entire department winds up being very supportive of his choice, which I thought was kind of a, 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 a sweet <laughs> yeah, sort of What's sort funny of is, you know, they're all, like, cheering his name and stuff, too. Yeah. Rutherford! Rutherford! <laughs> so he goes off, and, uh, you know, he tries a couple of different things, like command. And I got to tell you, I thought the hologram uh, <laughs> uh, programs that he was running with the uh, executive officer were hysterical. Yeah. So you know he the <laughs> they essentially run him in the in the Kobayashi Maru in his very first you know training sequence mm-hmm. for uh, for uh, you know command. And, you know, of course, you know, ship dies immediately. You know, they, they tell him, well, you know, generally in those situations, you want to try the Janeway maneuver. And, of course, they don't bother explaining what the Janeway maneuver is. And so they go, okay, let's try something a little bit more simple. And instead of, you know, er- everything terrible happening at once, there's just an asteroid coming at you. And it's like, sir, should we, you know, move around the asteroid? And he's like, um, um. Uh, chainway maneuver, <laughs> which causes them to eject both the pre-K and kindergarten classes <laughs> <laughs> into, directly into space. I'm sorry, I, I laughed a whole lot at that. I really did. He does. He he. You know, decides that command isn't for him. Goes and tries. Uh, uh, you know, medicine and you that know, goes poorly and, as well. Yeah, uh, horribly horribly awry and uh, so he tries security and finds out that you know wow you know while i don't know a darn thing about defending myself my vulcan cybernetics do and he winds up taking out all of the borg drones that are put against him in the uh in the uh, tactical training it, it, it was a lot of fun i really I, I i liked i liked not only that it was funny that it was a little off the wall but it you know it even had a hey you know, I got to, even though I like you a whole lot, you know, uh, incentendi, I got to do what's right for me and stick with engineering. And then she compromises. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. I mean, I don't feel like this is a cartoon made for kids, but that was actually a kid teaching moment. Yeah. I thought it was a very I, nice episode. That, 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 yeah. I definitely liked that aspect of the story um, more than the, the A story. But I mean, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was. Well. And it's clear that that we do because we, you and I, have a lot more to say about the B story than we do the A yeah. story. And it's but that's you know, two weeks in a row. To to be fair, yeah, right. The the main yeah. characters really are Boiler and Mariner. But two weeks in a row, we we seem to have latched on to the Tindy Rutherford um, aspect of the episode uh, more than the 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 Boiler Mariner. So yeah, yeah it's just no, interesting. It's interesting how that works because last week it was it, Tindy hasn't really had much of a moment to shine. You know, she she kind of shows up at the beginning and the end of the episode, and then in the middle, 
um, you know, it generally focuses on the other three. Because like last yeah. week, Rutherford had a date, right? And it was pretty much him right. and his date. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to get more of Tindy. I, li- I like her character. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, in comparison to the first episode, uh, what you what do you think? You know, I, I still, I, I, the first episode is stronger to me in that I had a more visceral reaction mm-hmm. to the, zo- the initial zombie outbreak. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have that kind of moment here, though there was a lot here that I liked. I think they're, I think they're both very likable, enjoyable episodes. Yeah. But I, I liked that, what I thought was interesting was Captain Mariner. Um, not interesting, but I found funny was Captain Mariner looking, you know, because every Starfleet captain has something that they say when they mm-hmm. go to warp. Yes. She was, yeah, yeah, she was trying to figure out her warp phrase. Yeah, it's warp time. Yeah, I, that, and yeah, it's warp time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty funny. I got a kick out of that too. I, there was a lot here to like. There was a lot here to like. Just wasn't in the A story. No. So looking yeah. forward to seeing so. you know more from the series and hopefully a little bit more fleshing out of the characters. The the short form format, you know, the which is fine. I I don't think this would serve for me. I feel like I could not. I would not enjoy it if it was a 47-minute episode. New, new. But, you know, the format works for I think it would be hard to do comedy over that length of time. Mm -hmm. When you think about joke density and and that kind of thing, that makes it really hard to do. I I noticed that, you know, this was a shorter episode than last week. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. You know, this this was more around uh, 22 minutes, I believe, Hmm. whereas last week's was 26. Okay. So, uh, I... I dig it. I'm liking it. I, you know, I, I think this is time well spent and I'm glad that, uh, you know, the Star Trek universe is broadening its reach. Well, and I think one thing so. that's interesting then, you know, uh, as we wrap up the show last week, we talked about the new prodigy prodigy. Is that the uh-huh. name of the new Trek show? Which prodigy. is coming yeah. prodigy coming to Nickelodeon. And this week, Nickelodeon was a feature on CBS All Access. So perhaps it will also be available on CBS All Access, and I won't necessarily have to actually watch Nickelodeon. I think you're actually going to have to watch Nickelodeon, my friend. <sighs> I think you're. I think it's going to. I think it's going to be a thing. Well, I guess we'll see. So, but maybe we can talk about that next week, right here on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And what we'd like to hear from you is what you thought of this week's episode of Lower Decks. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. I forgot the number midway. (laughs) And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. I mean, are you having a stroke right now? What's happening? I think I might be. Oh, okay. I think I might be. Well, uh, you can also hit us up on social media IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Sounds good. Well, Paul, we'll do it all over again next week. Yes, on week 3 of 23 on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Woohoo! Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 